We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello everyone, welcome to this sports social, bringing you sports chats for everyone. Georgie! Libby! We're back! We're back! It's been a while. It's been a minute. Uh, you had a baby. I did have a baby. Producer Jace had a baby. Well, not producer Jace, but his wife, wife Sarah. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> no, they did have a baby. You were, you but were he nailing that. Yeah, thank you. More importantly than all of that. Yes. Well, no, but yes. <laughs> there has been so much sport and I've been literally dying to talk to you about it all. It's been so hard not to have an outlet to talk about all the sport that we've had to watch. And I feel like everyone has missed us. <laughs> Undoubtedly. <laughs> it's all right, guys. We're back now. We're back. Don't Take a worry. breath. We know we you've missed us and uh, we are more than happy to help you unpack all the sport. Where do we even begin? <sighs> well, I feel like I really need to talk to you about my unhealthy obsession with cycling now. Go, go. Tell me everything. So it all started with a sports documentary. <gasps> I, I mean, are they not just the best things ever? I don't know now how I can learn about a sport unless there's a documentary to do that for me. There must be sports documentaries about all sports. It's now. it's our entryway now into sport. They need to do it about swimming. They need to do it about Maybe netball. No one needs it about swimming. I need it about <laughs> swimming, Georgie. <laughs> I reckon it'd be pretty boring. <laughs> No offense. So, so hurtful. <laughs> but sure, if you don't want swimming, netball. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd like that. Do you know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and I wouldn't say that she would typically lean towards watching a sports documentary and she then spent the next 10 minutes on the phone telling me all about Unchained. Yes, which is the Tour de France Unchained documentary on Netflix. So it takes you through the 2022 Correct. tour. Mm-hmm. And I was obsessed. But what sort of struck me as I was watching this whole carnival roll through beautiful, picturesque France. And I was watching thinking, your team, these teams are amazing. They sort of look at a team each episode, very similar to say a drive to survive or the surfing one. Make or break. That's it. So they take you through these different teams mm. and I'm, I'm deep, I'm into it. And then I remember that there's this whole drug issue in cycling oh, no. and nobody's talking about and it. And that's okay. <laughs> so, so for this one it's okay. I'm obsessed. So <laughs> I then became so obsessed with it. But I'm like, so on one plane I'm like these guys are amazing and they are absolutely amazing. But the elephant in the room is that there's a whole drug issue in cycling and nobody is talking about it. It's best not to think about it. (laughs) Then you can just really enjoy it for what it is. So what did that then mean when you watched the real tour? So I am a Wout van Aert stan. So I am completely obsessed with Wout. He is my favourite and I will be a Wout fan until the day I die. For the uninitiated, who is Wout? I'm not entirely sure. (laughs) Do you know what country he's from? <laughs> he's from Belgium. Good. He's just had his second baby boy. Right, you've gone deep. Jerome. 
And what team is he on? He is on Jumbo Visma. Okay. Jumbo Visma won the Tour de France this year. Yes. Jonas Vingegaard won the general classification for the yellow jersey wow, or the Maillot Jean. You are like a cycling correspondent now. I am, oh, can I be? Yeah. You Congratulations. Thank that you. That is now your hat. <laughs> I am obsessed. And so the actual documentary, amazing. Go and watch it. You get really great insights into everything. Jonas Vingegaard is amazing. I I weirdly think my son looks like Jonas Vingegaard. <laughs> oh, Libby. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So he's now dubbed Baby Jonas. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it is amazing. They are incredible athletes. Like, oh, it is phenomenal. The intensity and the endurance that they go and the, through. And the danger. And the technical ability of descending mountains oh. is terrible. Like the, the speeds they go at is unbelievable and they have crashes there's a whole thing so I was so sad when the tour finished this year but now there's the world champs the UCI world champs that I get to go and like dive deep on which I'm so excited about my name is Sarah Walsh I'm head of women's football world cup legacy and inclusion and what I love about sport is all the friendships that I've made and new people new people I get to meet the world aquatics championships were just on Yes. I don't know if you know. I mean, I did look at it and think I should watch that and then you just pinged you, me every you, five seconds with the updates. It was in Japan. You could have watched it. Uh, yeah, I, I could. Was it on a funny channel though? It was on Channel 9. Like proper Channel 9? Or like ch- live Channel okay, 9. Okay, that's, yeah. <laughs> like the first time. It's been in, a bit busy, all right. Look, first time in Just years. because you had a baby. <laughs> It was amazing. So I'll start off with um, other sports than just the swimming. Okay. The, so big of you. <laughs> I know, thanks. <laughs> I'm dying to get to the swimming. Yep. Um, the men's 10-metre platform was won by Australian Cassiel Rousseau. That's amazing. Which is just awesome. I think he's the first Aussie to win since Matt Mitchum wow. in 2008. And he, you know, kind of beat all the the Chinese which who are incredible divers over there. So, yeah, well done, Cassio. He absolutely crushed it. His final dive was oh, sweet. Okay, I'm going to go look that up. Yeah, you should. Now, swimming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure An there was water polo. <laughs> Synchronised. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of sports in yes, you know, world aquatics. aquatics championships. But the swimming, mm-hmm, Georgie, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. swimming was un. Real. So in 2001 in Fukuoka, Japan, we as an Australian team beat the US in the gold medal tally. It was the first time we'd ever done that. It was such a big deal at the time. It was an iconic meet. Like okay. it was unbelievable. It was off the back of the 2000 Olympics. It was, okay. it was a whole thing. We haven't reached those heights wow. since until this year. And this year we won a historic 13 gold medals. Wow. We beat, we like trounced America in the gold medal tally. And it was just, oh gosh, it was so amazing. Like Molly O'Callaghan, Ariane Titmus, Kaylee McEwen, like all of the women did unbelievably well. We also had Sam Short won the 400 metres freestyle. Unbelievable. He also got silver in the, in the 200. Kyle Chalmers, who was so cool to watch like why 
Well, he came from behind, as he always does in, yes. in that in the hundred meters freestyle. But he timed his swim to perfection; like he couldn't have swum a better race, I don't think. And it was the first time he's won um, the gold medal in the hundred freestyle at world champs oh, level. So wow, he's got that's like the, he's got the full set. And then one of my favourites, Cam McAvoy, who everyone would have known as the professor back in the day. Yes. He actually had a, a bit of time out of the sport, has just come back. His 50 freestyle, he went 21 Oh, my goodness. Broke the Australian record, won the world championship gold medal. He just was absolutely phenomenal. Like he, he crushed the field in a 50. That's really hard to do in a 50. It's not like you've got the time to really he beat dominate. Them by, I think 0.4 or 5 of wow. a second, which is a lot in a 50. So much, so much. And it's just he's training in a different way, which is just so fun to kind of see people do things in try something new. Try something new. Yeah. And and to show that it can work and it doesn't have to be all about just thrashing yourself in the water. So yeah, we we did unbelievable. We won 13 gold medals. We broke so many world records. Not only in individual events but also in relays we continue our dominance in the four by one freestyle relay in the women's it was yeah and the men won that one as well which we hadn't won in ages oh it was just awesome what's changed in Australian swimming like what we we had a bit of a trough and I mean that with the greatest of respect because no we did yeah we're still performing pretty well but just not at the standard we were used to well in 2012 if you remember which you probably don't I don't (laughs) As I, you I think remember. we can assume that I don't. <laughs> so in 2012, we won one gold medal that year. Oh, that uh, would have been Which quite was the sad. four by one freestyle relay for women. And yeah, we had no individual gold medals. It was a pretty rough year. And I think it's a combination of things. I think culture shifted before it was like there was such respect and it was such a privilege to be a part of the team. And I think. We kind of got lost yes. in that yeah. and I think it was kind of like an expectation that we would just win because we're on the Australian team and so. Because you're awesome. Because we're awesome. And I think we're seeing that in the American team now. Ah. I think that's what's happening in, in USA Swimming. I think they are now of a generation or have a have an expectancy <laughs> that they just are right. going to win because they are the US team and they have been so dominant for so long and I think they lost that. I, I mean I don't think it's going to last for a long time because mm. uh, they're extraordinarily competitive. But to see us performing so well a year out from the Paris Olympics is, yeah, really, really exciting. Hi, my name is Amelia. I'm 10 years old and I'm from Yapoon. And what I like about t- sport is it's all about tennis because I just find it really active for me and I can, like, ha- use my hands other than drawing and I can actually get out more and spend more time and actually be social and very healthy and fit. And that's what I like about sport. I need to talk to you about penalty shootouts. Oh. Because I don't like them. No, they're intense. They are exhausting. Mm. They are often very late at night. They're too much. And just at the point where you then need to go to sleep, you can barely go to sleep because you've just watched something deeply traumatic on the TV. And your adrenaline is pumping. Absolutely. So I am, of course, talking about the FIFA Women's World Cup, which has been epic. It's everywhere in Australia and New Zealand and I love that it's everywhere around the world Mm. and people are having to stay up in different time zones to watch their teams compete and I appreciate that that's very frustrating for them but also welcome. This is what we deal with all the time. (laughs) 
This is why we are so tired watching the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. So these penalty shootouts, I watched the US play Sweden the other night. That was soul crushing. Unbelievable. To go to a golden, I think it's called a golden point penalty shootout. Isn't that NRL? I feel, I feel like the NRL co-opted it from mm. soccer because it was like they did the extra time bits okay. yeah. and then they did a penalty shootout and they were even. Yeah. So then you go to golden point, I believe. No, Jace, Jace doesn't. Jace doesn't look confident. We're going to get fact-checked on this, aren't we? Look, uh, having a new baby, I didn't, haven't watched any of the World Cup, if I'm honest. What else but do you do? This is the time to watch it, Jason. I don't. I actually don't know what I'm doing with my time, but. So, welcome welcome so, to babies. Yeah, yeah. So the golden point penalty shootout comes after the first five shots. Yes, I'm right. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And okay. so and then so if one person gets it in, the other person misses, the other team That's wins. That's it. Game yes. over. Gotcha. So that we moved into that phase for the US Sweden. It it's too time it's too stressful. No. It's too much. It's too much for everybody. Can I I'm so embarrassed to admit this, but in my family, I am always teased for being, you know, smart enough. But then I just have these wacky, I don't know, I just, I'm, I have a lack of practicality on some points. So, for example, when cars get recalled when I was littler, I used to think that those cars would go back to the country. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Don't they? No. <laughs> And my parents were like, wow, <laughs> did you did you actually go to university? Like how did we raise this child? And I had one of those moments watching the penalty shootouts because for whatever reason, I haven't I haven't watched a lot of penalty shootouts. I mean, we don't get to watch a lot of soccer here mm. in Australia or football. And so it was only watching the game the other night that I realised that they all happen in the same goal. So not at different ends. No. <laughs> Now you think about it. And, sure. and I watched it and I was like, oh, that's such a practical way to do it. <laughs> so efficient. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, <laughs> thank you for educating me, Georgie. <laughs> oh, I feel so dumb. You're the smart one in our group. <laughs> <laughs> and yet this is what I bring. <laughs> what we really should talk about, though. Hold on. Sweden beat the US, who are the reigning world champions. That, and that was unbelievable yeah. I can't believe we witnessed that in the round of 16 crazy like just blows my mind a lot of them like favorites have been knocked out they have don't ask me which ones but they have been they knocked. have been though that the favorites have been knocked out <laughs> they would be Germany US that's the depth of my cool. knowledge yeah, because good. I am focused as is all of Australia till it's done on the Matildas mm-hmm. and or the Tillies, as we say. I know. I, when did we start calling them I the don't Tillies? Know. I did not get that email. I've just jumped on the bandwagon. I, don't I know it's hashtag till it's done and that go oh, the Tillies. Good. Okay. I didn't know that either. I am loving seeing what this is doing in our communities. Mm. I was walking my youngest to school the other day, and in front of me, there was a little girl holding a soccer ball. Amazing. And I just about burst into tears. This I know this little girl, she's beautiful. I've never seen her play soccer, show an interest in soccer, 
hold a soccer ball. She's carrying a soccer ball into school every day. And her mum then said, do you know of any clubs that are doing any sort of tryout periods? And because people like Sarah Walsh from Football Australia have been working really hard behind the scenes, I was able to say to her, yes, actually, my son's football club is about to do a come and try day for any girls. And that, I mean, that is. I mean, that's such a good idea in the middle of the World Cup. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's clever, right? Yes. And they literally midway through the World Cup, they've gone, would your daughter like to come and try soccer? Here's the sign up. Come along. And then Soccer Australia is, or Football Australia is now having to scramble to put together a league immediately because girls are coming and trying out and now wanting to play like in two weekends time. Amazing. Which they had, I don't think they'd quite anticipated that strong an interest I am blown away by the impact that this particular World Cup, it just feels like the right time for women's sport. Oh, yeah. Don't you think? It gives me goosebumps. Yeah, I literally just got goosebumps. Like to think that where women's sport has come from and I think with 11 games to go, it was already the most attended Women's World Cup mm. with one and a half million people attending. We're packing out stadiums for games that don't involve the Matildas. Yes. That is just brilliant yeah we were lucky enough we got tickets in the ballot to go to see the Matildas versus Nigeria which we actually lost and in that crowd men women girls boys Mm. everybody obsessed with what was going on like my youngest was just sitting there absolutely spellbound like he's little he should have been in bed Mm. but he was not leaving because he wanted to watch that game to him there is no difference yeah he thinks soccer is great and he will watch it in men's or women's form. He doesn't care. It just feels like this moment is happening for women's sport. It's so cool. Everybody I spoke to who knows about this stuff said, you wait, you wait and you see what happens when this World Cup arrives. And they're right. Like mm. it is happening in front of us. And I don't, I, th- I think we're very lucky to be able to sit here and watch it happen. My name is Bernadette Wallace. I'm an AIS Gen 32 coach for Paddle Australia, coaching canoe, kayak and paracanoe. And I love sport because it's fun and can take you on adventures all around the world. So because you got to talk about swimming, I get to talk about cricket. Oh. And don't be so excited, all right? We've just come off the back of the Matildas. I'm talking, I need to talk to you about the spirit of cricket. I am actually very interested in It is under threat. What did you want to say, Jason? Jason's picked up his microphone. I was just going to say, coming off a massive high, (laughs) heading towards a trench. Oh, shut up. That's cool. That's cool. Let's talk about what you want to talk about. I'm sorry. No, we love cricket too. We love all sports here at the Sports Social. Push your mouth out. Honestly. I, so talking about what we're interested in in sport, Mm. cricket, I'm not that interested in, but the stories around it vary. Well, and I need to let the listeners know that on more than one occasion you called me to discuss the cricket. (laughs) So don't pretend to be all cool and not like it. You like it. You're watching it. I am watching it via via Twitter. Because it's fascinating. (laughs) So if you didn't catch it, in one of the Ashes matches we played in England, there was a moment where our wicketkeeper, mm. the man who stands behind the wickets, or the lady if you're playing women's sport, but in this match it was Alex Carey, a great wicketkeeper. Mm. He'd been watching Johnny Bairstow. Mm. Old Johnny Bairstow. Old Johnny Bairstow. 
in his crease. So in cricket, you've got to stay in your crease until the over's called or until the play's stopped. Until the ball is dead. There you go. Oh, my God. I was like, what's the language? That's the right language. And Alex Carey had been watching Johnny Bairstow. His name is Johnny Bairstow, isn't it? And very English. Just Johnny. Just Johnny. Just Johnny. (laughs) He'd been watching Johnny and Johnny, to be fair, was being slightly lazy Mm. and not staying in his crease. He kept walking out. And so Alex Carey, before the over had been called and the ball had gone dead, received the ball from the bowler. The Mm. bowler bowled it. It went through to the wicketkeeper and he just underarmed it straight into the wicket and Johnny was out. He got called out. And England lost their minds. Lost their minds. Because apparently this was not in the spirit of cricket, not in the rules. It's definitely in the rules but Mm. not in the essence of the game. I blew up. (laughs) Libby, who hates cricket, blew up. (laughs) I had very strong feelings. You really did. I really did. Like it was so clearly within the rules of the game. Do you know who makes the rules? The judges. (laughs) (laughs) Close. So close. It's remarkable. The Marlebone Cricket Club, who are the cricket club at Lords where this happened. So they made these rules. These are their rules. These are their rules. And also let the record reflect that Johnny Bairstow had done this before in a previous game. Like literally the match before, right? Mm, mm. He he attempted it, but oh, he, he I mean, didn't. He didn't execute it because like he's not the wicketkeeper that Alex Carey is. Correct. But the funny thing was is that Johnny Bairstow had actually done this and been successful like six years ago. But it's different when it happens to you. Correct. Different. And, but also Johnny Bairstow had completely left the crease. This The dude that Johnny got out six years ago lifted his foot off the line. Like it was so touch and go and he's like, well, it's just in the rules. It's in the rules. It's in the Is rules. Is it in the spirit though, Johnny? Is it? That if you're bringing the spirit to this, should we go back and look at your profile? So England being uh, the mature team that they are, then decided not to have drinks with Australia at the end of the series. They said it was because they were doing speeches and they couldn't hear, uh, but the Australian team were like, guys, come on. Oh, come on. Have a beer. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the spirit of cricket. Hi, my name's Zara. I'm seven years old and I'm from Brisbane. I love sports because it makes me stronger. Sports shots! We still get it. <laughs> Crushed it. What have we got, George? I just want to cover off on a few fashion moments coming out of the Women's World Cup. Yes. Mary Fowler wearing the gloves on the field. Yeah, I was wondering that because she's not a goalie. No, but she does wear gloves almost every match and I assumed it was because it was cold because it is a bit chilly here in Australia. Yeah. It's apparently winter. Um, (laughs) Apparently, though, it's because she usually wears in training a ring that she fidgets with and she obviously can't play that in a proper game because you can't wear jewellery in a game. Of course, yeah. So she wears the gloves so that she's got something to fidget Ah, with. Yeah, I love that. Which brings me to Hayley Rasso. Yes. Do you know the story behind her ribbons? Tell me. That she wears. So apparently her grandmother sends her the ribbons so that she can spot her on the field. Oh, I love that. Isn't that just beautiful? And it looks so good. It looks like schmick. And the hairbands? Can we discuss the hairbands? Because I can never get hairband to sit in my hair like those girls can they don't move uh, right 
Like if I had it on my head, it would just slide off. Have they got bobby pins in them I, as well? I need to know. I also there's also these thicker headbands that but they're wearing. But I like wearing. the thin ones. But are the thicker ones like some sort of paper or are they? I don't know. We need to talk about that because I I have the same issue as you because I think I have a pinhead. Yes, and so. The hairbands just slide off. I mean, it, it looks so practical. I would love to be able to wear those and for them to be that effective. Like they just stay there. This is, this is goals. This is exercise goals. <laughs> so true. This is the simplicity of things that we need to work in our lives. We don't ask for much. It would be nice if headbands actually worked. It would be. And what's our second quick thing? Do we, we don't still do two quick things. I, no. I, God, you just try and jam it back in every time. We've agreed it's called sports shorts. <laughs> What's our second short? Uh, that we've, like, launched another podcast. <laughs> just because we are who we are. Because we weren't busy enough in our current lives. We have launched a podcast series called Play On, Helping Teens Stay in the Game, and we're super proud of it. It is a series that we've done with our friend Rebecca Sparrow, who is a teen and tween author, expert, all those things. And we got together with her to discuss and unpack all the challenges that kids and tweens and teens face when they want to play sport. Because we know in Australia, we have a great participation rate up until about the age of 12. And then it slowly starts falling off a cliff. And by the age of 20, only 20 Australians still play sport. 20%. Steps. Only 20 total. Just 20. It's only 20. It's a real problem. It's actually the Australian swimming team. That's it. They are the only people carrying the load. So we have put together this series. It is aimed to be listened to by kids, teens, tweens and their parents. Uh, it's something that you could listen to with your kids and teens in the car, on the way to sport, on your way home from school. It is absolutely fine if they want to listen to the to it by themselves. There's, it's very age-appropriate content. Well, you could listen to it first and maybe come up with these conversations in your own house. Absolutely. We cover off topics like what to do when you don't have the motivation to go to training what to do when you are competing against your best friend or what to do if you're not that competitive, which was a topic that Libby didn't understand. So we unpack all that with you. We do. And I think what I, you know, we're particularly proud of it. And I'm I'm incredibly proud of, of this, these conversations that we have because we have all varying degrees of experience with sport. Obviously, I Obviously, obviously, I'm an Olympian. (laughs) I'm an elite athlete. I'm a world beater. (laughs) And then there's Georgie. (laughs) (laughs) No, but Georgie, Georgie played to a high level. She played for Queensland and when I was (laughs) twelve. And still got it. You still got it, babe. It's great. But also, my way of interacting with sport was so. Different, different exactly and and Bex equally as well was very different to your experience absolutely and so we come at it from different varying experiences but we all have this passion to keep kids playing sport because we know how important it is we know how incredible it is for social connection for physical health obviously but mental health and kids are dropping out of sport at times when they need it the most, I think, and that's that's why I'm so passionate about this this conversation. If you'd like to hear more, we are going to drop 
our first episode of Play On into the Sports Social feed. So you can absolutely go and have a listen to that. And if you like what you hear, you can go across to Apple Podcasts. We'll put a link in our show notes and you can subscribe to this ongoing series. So there's eight episodes to start, but then we will continue to put more content into the podcast. Or you can go to Beck's website and the link is also in our show notes and you can buy it as a limited series. So you'll just get those eight episodes as a one-off purchase uh, for you to listen to and have and have and hold forever. Yes. Love, cherish. <laughs> Adore, obviously. Adore. <laughs> I goes without saying. But yeah, it's something that we're really passionate about. And if you want to follow us at Play On Australia as well, check us out there. And feel free to send us any DMs with ideas of content you'd like us to cover in our uh series as we continue or any questions you have for Libby because as part of the subscription uh, you'll be able to ask Libby questions and she will answer them. I'll answer them you guys. I will sit her down and make her answer your questions. (laughs) You are welcome. It's been so good to chat. I I have missed this. I miss it too. Can we do it again? Yes, next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Sports Social. We so enjoy bringing you these episodes and if you have a friend who you think would enjoy these sports chats please share it with them and let them know about us and we absolutely love receiving your feedback and your reviews it totally lights us up if you are enjoying this kind of sports content head over to our instagram page at the sports social podcast otherwise we will chat to you next week bye bye